0: was once max Storm got coaching uh, is now balanced body so welcome back to the podcast that is now balanced body I'm Ashley Missouri and I will be from here on out the major host of this podcast I appreciate all you listeners that transferred over and put your confidence in me and continue to use your energy and time to listen Hopefully, I can bring some information topics to ultimately the purpose of this podcast for me is about inspiring. It's important to have inspiration in your life, to give you that get up and want to be better. Um, I feel like uh, the main purpose of all of our lives is to be better in some way. So we're also use this podcast to educate, uh, educate uh, on information that may serve you in some way um, as it relates to the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. That was one of the main reasons we switched over to Balanced Body so that it could be more holistic. Holistic in nature, so that we can incorporate all those particular levels, uh, because that is my main love is dealing with the holistic realm of life and individuals, ourselves, our clients, and <clears throat> I want to um, bring on more guests that create that for us. And so today we're we're addressing part two, part two of the respiratory mechanism, part two of the function of the diaphragm as it relates to breathing and respiration. Uh, Part two is going to move further in depth. We talked about the physiology of the diaphragm and how it relates to breathing. We talked about dysfunctions of breathing. So if you didn't catch part one and you are interested in understanding that, um, go ahead and go back and listen to diaphragm respiration part one. And this is part two. So today we're going to talk about as it relates to breathing diaphragmatically, the correct way with a big belly breath starting at the lower abdominal, two thirds of that breath going into an anterior posterior movement. As we breathe deeper, we create a lateral expansion of the rib cage, which creates extension of the spine. Then, even deeper of a breath, it is vertical. There is a vertical lift. And so, when I say this, this breath does all this this is deep breathing essentially on a daily basis in our full day we're breathing smaller breaths right and so the question that's always asked because I have done so many lectures on this is so are we supposed to be breathing like that all the time no that is for a deep breath when you're in your car or at your desk or kind of going through your day, it should be it's a smaller breath in it, but it still starts and is in the lower abdominal. And so check yourself, become become a conscious breather every now and then to make sure that you're breathing properly because it's so important to so many other functions in the body. And so with that being said, uh, when you breathe. It's very important that we breathe through our nose. And oftentimes when you get clients, you you will see that they're breathing either through their mouth. Um, listening to people is really key to understanding their breath. Um, you uh, And also when I hear clients talk, I already know that they have a deviated septum or they have some sort of mucus buildup in the olfactory, which is impeding their uh, natural breath, which should be through the nose. So it's important that you address those issues. I, I did have a client years ago that, because knowing the value of breathing correctly, and because he was active, and because he wanted to exercise more and harder. I encouraged him rather than going forward with me to go to his doctor and get his deviated septum, septum fixed so he could be healthier um, by breathing through his nose. Because he breathes through his mouth, we talk about that in part one. When somebody breathes through their mouth, that's essentially fight or flight. It's like um, because I was a triathlete. Of course, when we do sprints and you're at the last 50 yards of your triathlon or um, run races, you're essentially in full fight or flight anaerobic mode. So you are going to need to breathe through your mouth to get that oxygen to your muscles so that you can continue to go. But when you're not exercising, you should be breathing through your nose the entire time. And so take note of that within yourself. And we talked about that part one, when you're eating certain foods, they can stimulate a immune response, which can, you know, give you reactions that you want to take note. If your nose is stuffy, if you're breathing through your mouth and try to tackle that. Um, So when we breathe properly, um, part of breathing also, uh, Co works uh, inhabits uh, proper movement. So we talked in part one about inhalation exciting the extensors. So inhalation is coupled with extension. It's coupled with abduction. It's coupled with supination. Uh, it's essentially if you were move if you were uh, in a more of a fetal flexed position, that's an exhalation type. Posture or position, when you come out of that posture and extension, that's coupled with inhale. So, what I just told you is for every movement that is in extension, abduction, and supination, you should be inhaling. So, for every movement, thinking first in our workouts, because our workouts should prepare us for life. In our workouts, we should be doing exercise coupled with the correct breath. So, Exhalations coupled with uh, flexion, uh, adduction, pronation, and it excites the flexors in the body. So dissecting each movement and Coaching our clients through the movement and the proper breath will be do nothing but good for their joints and their movement patterns and their um, physiology and their body. And so oftentimes we've, well, I remember before I learned this information years and years ago, it was programmed in us to only um, excel on the exertion. That's not true in all cases. In some it does correlate, but I want you to d- to think about that the next time you're working out or the next time you're even talking to your client. Another aspect that we talked about in part one was the dual function of the diaphragm. So it serves as a respiratory muscle and it serves as a stabilization muscle. So we'll talk about those two different categories. Number one, if if we talk about stabilization, we want to take – the, the aspect of the diaphragm being a stabilizer. And so it's really important that when people are exercising above their 60% 1RM, that they are using the diaphragm as a stabilizer and that they're activating the transverse abdominus, which has a connection to L345, which basically causes an extension force. So there's not so much pressure on the L5-S1 junction. And so when we activate the transverse abdominis. That's the that is important. That that whole mechanism works to create a strong core and, and save our discs for shear shear force and compression during exercises. Now, in a functional body, you would automatically hold your breath. And if you think about that, whenever you are lifting a heavy object, you'll note that you're holding your breath. Your transverse abdominis should be tightening. Um, It should activate your intrinsic stabilization loop that safeguards your spine from any kind of torsion, compression, or shear. Uh, And that's that's a a, a very important part of the diaphragm. So when we talk about stabilization, intrinsic stabilization is – works functionally with the impetus of A, the diaphragm being mobilized and working properly with breath, transverse abdominis, pelvic floor, and deep stabilizers, the multivitus and the lumbar spine. So that, that's a whole reflexive loop that's called the intrinsic stabilizers. They are the foundation to core control and stabilization during static and dynamic movements. Super important. So, what I just told you was, in order for for somebody to be really strong in their core, they have to be breathing right, and that's often a very important key aspect of working with people who are in pain, or not in pain, or people that are trying to increase their performance or in their movement skills. So, um, there it's it, it. It doesn't mean you won't have core if you don't breathe right. It just won't be as strong. So that's why. Um, the the respiration mechanism is number one and everything first that we address with our clients. (laughs) Now, um, when we have this stabilization, we talk about the intrinsic, which is what I just told you, that loop. So diaphragm, transverse abdominis, pelvic floor, deep stabilizers, and the spine, which is the multifidus. If that is not the, each muscles are not working appropriately, or they don't work together as a as a loop system, or if the diaphragm is, um, un, if it's not appropriately working because the breath mechanism isn't working, then what you're going to have is a naked a, spi- a naked spine, and the spine is not going to be stable. It's not going to it's could potentially cause distortions in the body. And when it's inhibited, what happens is it sends messages because we still want to move and still do things. It sends messages to the brain that we've got to have help. And the help ends up being the primary movers, which is the internal and external obliques and the rectus abdominis. Those guys will take over for a lack of intrinsic stabilizer uh, um, um, strength. Unfortunately, that's not good because if you think about the uh, origin insertion of where those muscles attach, if you think about them becoming overly dominant, then you're going to see um, a distortion in the body. What would be the distortion? Flexion because that's what those muscles do. They create flexion in the spine. And so the uh, other aspect to that is that when these People have lack of intrinsic stability um, because the transverse and where it's where it's um, connected in the body from the xiphoid process to the pubic symphysis, transversely around to the, the uh, ili- on top of the ilium into the thoracolumbar fascia, big importance is that that transverse isn't strong because the diaphragm isn't mobilized in, it's not working properly or to its best ability through the breath, then you lose that form force closure on the SI joint. And so ultimately a huge distortion and a huge problem with a lot of people is having that sciatica, having that pelvic distortion, which causes uh, potential scoliosis within the spine, uh, which ultimately goes up into the from the lumbar to the thoracic to the cervical, to um, upper cervical issues, to cranial distortions. That what I'm saying is all because of the breath. It is crazy when you have these types of scenarios, it is, it's so complex, it's simple. And when I say it's simple, it's easy to understand why it's happening, but it's complex from the standpoint of all these steps that need to take place before we can actually get these people stable, strong, and pain-free, um, which is the beauty and the non-beauty of, of this work. So getting people to breathe right Very hard because stress is very high and we have to then become stress managers with these individuals. And that's sometimes not easy as well. So part of that is about taking them through the process of understanding how to breathe correctly. And so I promised to do that in this part too. And so one of the things that they haven't had breathing mechanism working for a very long time, they might need to die in a diaphragm diaphragmatic release, um, which can be very, you know, a lot of, um, that's the grief center of the body. And so there could be a lot of grief held in that area. And in other words, if you don't know how to to do a diaphragmatic release, um, obviously referring out, but those who like myself, when I do diaphragmatic release, I always leave some time for emotional releases. And they don't even understand why they're having these emotions because their emotions are held in the muscles. And when you release muscles, the, the emotion then surfaces and it comes to consciousness and they may tend to get very, very upset. And that's, you know, that's part of the job is, is dealing with all the different aspects of a body. And so first, it's more difficult to assess a breathing mechanism and have it corrected in a standing position because you have the load of so many distortions and compensations in the body. So it could be easier if you put them into a four point or hands and knees and allow them to breathe into their belly and allow their belly to expand on inhalation and exhalation. And watch for spinal movement because there is no spinal movement with this. You shouldn't see that lumbar spine moving at all. You should not see that pelvis moving when they're breathing diaphragmatically. And that's a big coaching process. And sometimes even four-point Clients can't breathe correctly, so the suggestion that I would go to next is having them lay on their back, where the entire body is unloaded, and that oftentimes is easiest. And um, you can have them put their their own hand on their belly below the belly button. And Coach them into breathing into their belly with an expansion of the lower abdominal. For me, because I'm kinesthetic and visual, and I believe a lot of people are, I actually take their water bottle and lay it on their stomach and have them inhale and watch the bottle rise. Careful because a lot of clients want to, in, they want to push, and you don't want them to push. This should be a very relaxed, innate movement pattern, something that they did when they were born, when they were very little. And there's lots of uh, research out there uh, that talks about this breathing mechanism uh, getting reversed into dysfunction as early as six years old. And then, even more, think about it as children get older and they deal with. Peer pressure and the stress of being in clicks and grades and heavy backpacks, so many. And now with the whole computers. And gaming and texting with phones, there's there's such a there's such a propensity to be in this flex position. And if there's so much flexion that takes place, it ends up strangulating the diaphragm, and it closes it down. And they end up reversing their breathing pattern, which is unfortunate. So this is something that work will have to reprogram. Also, um, working on that breathing. Uh, Have them take time throughout their day to consciously breathe, take reminders, whether it's through their phone or whether it's through sticky notes or whatever it may be to remind them that throughout their day day, that they take about six to 10 breaths to retrain that mechanism. Um, Obviously, meditation, if people don't want to meditate, I use, it's a breathing opportunity and sort of meditation and breathing at the same time where... Even though they're sitting in a quiet place, which um, is ultimately I'm leading towards meditation, but I just make it a breathing exercise, and that's important. <laughs> Having movement patterns that mimic um, uh, primal patterns that they already do, like a squat, a bend, a lunge, a push, press, twist, but with breathing c- coupled with it. And, and it be done very easily, like a Tai Chi, um, is also very good to ingrain um, within people. And that can be five to 10 minutes. It, it, the important thing is that we meet our clients where they're at. So having conversations with clients to understand where they're at in this whole process will be very important for you to be su- successful. I believe um, stretching when we work on stretching uh, the tight muscles, um, that stretching is also very important to couple with breathing, which also helps muscles release. Um, it's really, uh, these are, these are, they're, they're, they seem very simple, but they're super, super important to getting somebody, getting somebody to where they need to be. Um, so, Basically, when someone is breathing correctly, they have less tension within their body. They can be more responsive. Usually, their posture illustrates good breathing. Um, If you were to look on a plumb line, one of the key areas on the body that you can already know where the breathing mechanism is working appropriately and effectively is by looking at the, the abdominal area, the core. That tells you so much um watching them breathe during your assessment or asking them to take a deep breath to see where the compensation is to see how deep it is to see how shallow it is to see where it starts and then you can go from there to start teaching them by educating them all the benefits to this and how it's going to how it's going to help them reach their goal if they have a dysfunctional breathing pattern more than likely then the accessory muscles that we talked about before, you know, the sternocleidomastoid, the upper, um, um, upper um, the levators, the upper traps, all of those muscles become overly tight. Which then, um, if you think about fight or flight, it kind of all runs together because if they're breathing is functionally, they're fight or flight, they're in sympathetic mode. So, then if they're sympathetic, they handle um, external stressors with an internal stress body. So, it makes them even more fight or flight, which makes those muscles that are overused in accessory um, dysfunctional breathing. Um, um, even tighter because a stressed person has a higher limbic load and limbic loads transfer into those muscles. So the, the limbic loaded muscles are the upper traps, the levator, the pec minors. Those are all very limbic loaded muscles. And Typically, those people talk about tension headaches. Uh, they'll talk about their neck always being tight. Talk about their shoulders always being tight. You'll you'll see them breathe with an elevation of the shoulders. That is a overly sympath- sympathetic person that is overusing uh, their uh, upper accessory muscles. So we can alleviate that by just getting them to breathe right, so that they don't overuse those muscles, become overly stressed, respond. Or actually react, which makes them even more stressed. Which you know is a is a, just a constant, endless cycle of detriment to their mental, emotional, physical body. Okay, so if we if we go into the stabilization, we talked about how the the diaphragm acts as a stabilizer, and we talked about that sixty percent one RM. If it's above 60% one arm, we engage our transverse abdominis and our stabilization system. If it's below 60% one arm, then we couple that movement with the breath that I just told you. Inhale goes into extension, exhale goes into flexion. That's really important that we understand with our movement. And like I said before, in a functional body, it'll know and it'll transfer right into that stabilization system but don't count on that with a dysfunctional breather it'll you'll have to reteach all of that and you know research talks about the transverse abdominus once it's disengaged once it's inhibited once it's shut down it has to then be re facilitated again with its proper breathing and facilitated through the reflexive loop into all the patterns of movement again. That's oftentimes why when clients come to you and we go through this dialogue of talking about, okay, so tell me what's wrong with you. Tell me why you came here and did this, anything like this ever happen in the past? And Sure enough, just by listening to them, just by watching them, you'll know that they're going to say it has. It happened about five years ago or happened a year ago or happened um, six or seven years ago. Uh, That's because they were not retraining that stabilization system into their primal patterns. And so now the, the body then doesn't know to integrate stabilization with movement patterns. And so they got out of pain but they didn't retrain the the stabilization system. And so they're out of pain, but now they've got a faulty recruitment going on with the intrinsic and the um, extrinsic stabilization. And when you're in pain or when the, the stabilization system is inhibited, it becomes outer unitly dominant. So the core still works because we still function, but it learns to stabilize without a stabilization system and relies on the internal, external and rectus abdominis to create core stability during movement movement and movements in their day. And that will be end up being faulty and that leads to that naked spine and that ultimately leads to shear force and compression and then now the case of their pain will be worse than it was before because of all this detriment going on in the spine and um, ultimately now you've got probably issues with the discs um, with the um, probably like a bulge or herniation or annulus tear a scoliosis um, the more severe pelvic torsion because that's the purpose of the stabilization system is to create that stability so that everything stays in alignment so that when they move, the spine is not affected at all. The discs aren't affected at all. And that's functional, optimal, proper movement. But we've got to have that most important step and it is all relying on the breath. And that's why I chose to talk about this at the very beginning of this year, at the very beginning of this podcast um, for um, Balanced Body, because it's actually one of the most important things I do feel like in our physical health are there many other things that are important, but as it relates to that and something you can chew on and take with you now to help all your clients become so much better. And what you'll realize if you practice this stuff, you'll find that clients get better faster and you'll be able to nail exactly what's wrong with them and get to the root of it, um, much quicker. And, I, I, uh, I appreciate and love this information because it is, it's sort of like your moneymaker. Um, and I do call it the moneymaker because it truly is the foundation to helping most people in pain. In my experience, um, I would say this probably, you know, years ago, they talk about your, your niche and because I understood this and valued this information so much and put it into my practice, it is, has become one of the things that I'm best at. And that's lower back pain, um, sciatica, um, head and neck issues, uh, because of the, of this work and doing this work, something very simple yet complex. (laughs) All right. So I, I wanted to make it quick and easy. Um, if you, if hopefully you got it all, you understood it. If you don't, I welcome any more like questions, like what else, what what this, what that. Um, please visit uh balancedbod.com you can go to my website. I've got all the podcasts from previous from Max Storm on my website under podcasts. So you can re-listen to those or you can offer any comments or suggestions. You can email me at at BalanceBod. Welcome any um, feedback or questions or scenarios or testimonials, any of those things. Uh, Love it. Welcome it. Um, Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you listening and spending your time and energy, uh, getting inspired to educate and be better. Um, and, uh, I'll keep talking at you as long as you're willing to listen. Appreciate your time and effort. Hey, you guys have a great day.